Hi, I'm Gar Sanders. I'm Jamie Wincup. I'm Lee Holdsworth. I'm James Courtney. We're the Forex Angels and you're listening to the VA Insiders. It's your weekly dose of V8 news on the V8 Insiders. Now here's your host, Craig Revell. Tony says the cars are almost perfect. God bless Triple Eight, they've done a magnificent job of swapping from Ford to Holden. The Ford boss says V8 supercars have some work to do on the Fujitsu series. Uh, have a look at another series that's running around here this weekend with uh, 417 of one and nine of the other. And it's V8 super socialism. Well, that's what Tony calls it. Well, I'm a very socialist sort of guy. It's almost a communistic model. It's all coming up today as the lights go out on another edition of the V8 Insiders. Take in the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 supercar coverage. Out now. The Vodafone drivers at the Australian Grand Prix swapped cars this week. No, not Lewis Hamilton and Jensen Button. It was Jamie Winkup, the V8 supercar champion, and Jensen Button. Ben Beasley has the details. A unique event at Albert Park with Formula One world champion Jensen Button getting behind the wheel of a team Vodafone V8 supercar of Jamie Winkup. For Wincup, it was the opportunity of a lifetime as he took the wheel of a Formula One team Vodafone McLaren Mercedes car. Each driver had three laps around the Albert Park circuit and both were left very impressed with each other's machinery. I expected the huge brakes. You know, I expected the, the massive downforce, the cornering grip. What probably blew me away the most was the actual horsepower. The, the acceleration is just insane. You know, the, the trauma it puts on your body just accelerating as hard as it can is, is, is out of control. And I felt like I had a bit of a go as well, which I was pretty proud of. Oh, you know, if we could, it'd be a huge coup if we could uh, have Jensen drive one of our cars one day, you know, once his, uh, his commitments with Formula One are finished. And hopefully that's not for a long time. But, um, you know, Jensen, he's, he's, he's our current world champion. You know, he's, one, he's probably the best driver in the world. And, um, you know, we, we worked really hard to make his, his V8 experience as good as possible. And I'm glad he enjoyed it. Still, there's not a lot of downforce on the front of this car. But um, I, I ran off the actual tarmac onto the green stuff, not the grass. The, ast- the um, AstroTurf, what it was called. But, yeah, it was all good. I mean, in an F1 car, I'd be closing my eyes at that point. But um, in this, it's great. You can just run all over the place. But um, it's, uh, it's quite diff- difficult to get used to. But, um, yeah, it was a, a great experience. And uh, I was actually surprised at how much grip the car had. Physical in the way of G-Force, but it's, it's physical because it's so hot inside the car. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's very heavy, you know, um, compared to what I'm used to, but, you know, I enjoyed it all the same. The opportunity for Button to sample a V8 supercar could be a sign of things to come, as he has shown plenty of interest to get aboard the Team Vodafone Commodore at a race like Bathurst or the Super Carnival on the Gold Coast in the future. If the possibility arose in the future, it would be very exciting for me. Yeah, it's a bit of fun, it's, uh, but it's very good for, for our sport, for our category. Uh, obviously, it's initiated by Vodafone and, uh, and uh, the, the common sponsorship link, but it's, it's good for everyone. Hopefully, it's good for the Grand Prix this weekend. 
uh, but also good for V8 supercars to see a world champion driving our car, and of course to see uh, see our champion um, having a having a bit of a go in uh, in the McLaren. We had a look a long time ago to see what the calendars were, and it isn't possible this year. But you never know in future. Now that today's activities are finished, Button can now concentrate on trying to repeat as Australian Grand Prix champion. While for Win Cup, it's back to the V8 supercars and the support race at Albert Park. Tony Cochran has outlined some of the changes to the V8 supercars car of the future. With four-door sedans and a V8 engine not being a silhouette of NASCAR, well, why? It's because parity is so close to perfect in the series right now. In a magnificent way, uh, we know it absolutely works because, uh, God bless Triple Eight, they've done a magnificent job of swapping from Ford to Holden. Rumours are abound that there will be an independent rear end in the car of the future. Watch this space. The announcement is next Monday. Tony also talked about the economics of the series and why they need to gain more manufacturers to help support the teams. We have two magnificent manufacturers already on board doing a great job. But as many of you would be aware, um, their financial support and what have you only extends to about a dozen cars or so on the grid. And, of course, that leaves 17 cars without any manufacturer funding of any description. So um, uh, we are very keen to, uh, to see the, um, the whole grid uh, get support in that regard uh, as we um, move forward in the progress of our great championship. Simon McNamara from Holden on the eve of the Car of the Future launch talked about his thoughts on the potential changes. Well, I don't know the full elements of it all yet because I really haven't engaged just in too much conversation. Other than we've always said that, you know, we want them to be extremely representative of what our car is that we sell, which is what they are now, and we need some GM Holden DNA in it, which they have now, and we want to be able to get some learnings from it, which currently we can. But if it goes to a full-spec car, then I'm not quite sure how much learning we're going to get out of it as a, as a company, which might make it difficult to justify pressing on uh, long-term. And what of all the Mercedes speculation leading up to Clipsal? Can you honestly see somebody spending $350,000 on a C63 driving to Winton and watch his cars race against a Commodore and a Falcon with no disrespect to our cars and then most likely get beaten and cop it from a go on the car park with his SS? I don't think it's going to happen somehow. Tony Diaberto told the V8 Insiders about his first few races as a team owner. To be honest, it's less complicated. You know, Before you know, Tony Diaberto Racing was running the car, you had Rod Nash Racing running the operation as such, the figurehead, and Bottolo there as well. You know, they're a big sponsor, so they, you know, demand a lot of uh, looking after, I guess, which, you know, they're tipping a lot of money in. Um, you know, we'd, we've got uh, one person looking after the show, and, and that's my dad, so I can sort of tell him if, uh, if I don't like things or not, you know. Um, at the moment, it's, it's just less, less uh, complicated, more simple, and we're, we're just uh, head down trying to get results. And what about the economics of the series to a start-up team. Very lucky uh, that the category is going very strong and uh, the income from the licence is very high this year. So, um, you know, for a small team, we, we obviously run on a lot of that budget and we cut back, uh, you know, depending on how much sponsorship we got. Dean Fiore's new sponsor came on board Saturday at Clipsal. Yeah, that's right, mate. It's I was running around, buddy, like I said, an hour prior to the race putting stickers on the car so i just want to block that stuff out once that sort of stuff is more concrete for triple f racing the good news is that the v8 super cruisers will remain on the car for the rest of the season he's a a nice bloke actually jason cooney who runs the show there and 
uh, I'll be attending the cruise um, in July, so I'm um, looking forward to it. This year's Fujitsu Series has looked at beefing up its package to the team and drivers, but with long-running teams staying away from the first round and regular series drivers opting to change to the V8 Utes and other series, the question is why? Perhaps Ford's Rod Barrett has some of the answers. Probably got a second tier of Utes and probably Formula Ford for bringing kids up through it. Look, I think the, the thing about the Utes is the, the 16 franchise system, 16 Ford, 16 uh, Holdens. God, I just forgot the other one. Um, <clears throat> But that, that makes the series. Uh, have a look at another series that's running around here this weekend with uh, 417 of one and nine of the other. Um, this is what makes this series. It's an it's a even split. It's good racing. It's competitive racing. And it's a, it's a great championship. It is, you know, I've loved it. I've loved it all the time. IndyCar star Ryan Briscoe will be returning to the V8 series for Bathurst and Surface Paradise. Briscoe, who's not run a V8 since he teamed up with Jim Richards in 2006, is looking forward to the challenge, but he will not be the only IndyCar driver who is making an appearance this year. Scott Dixon and his target Chip Ganassi teammate Dario Franchitti are both tipped to be heading to the Super Carnival, but not as teammates. With Dixon tipped to run for Kelly Racing and Franchitti at Jim Bean Racing, it'll be a battle of the boozers with the Ganassi drivers. With Barbagello off the calendar, Queensland Raceway will be taking their all-sprint tyre round. Winton and Queensland Raceway both featuring endurance drivers' practice sessions along with the Sports Max Dunlops. Andrew Thompson has told the V8 Insiders about his Turn 8 wreck at Clipsal and how he has never hit anything that hard before. Made a mistake, just turned in and clipped that inside that wall and fired into the outside wall which uh, was quite an quite impact so it uh, wasn't the greatest uh, greatest qualifying session biggest crash I've had by far so haven't really had any uh, ones that are bigger than that it's, uh, that was pretty uh, a pretty solid uh, solid impact Thompson will be back on the track this weekend at the AGP with a quickly repaired Bundy Racer Townsville will be rocking and racing to the sounds of NXS this year. James Courtney was on hand to make the announcement that the classic Aussie rock band would be headlining the musical acts. Courtney was also there to hand back the Townsville 400 trophy, which he won last year. And he's confident it'll be back on the Jim Beam Racing mantle very soon. The track's probably going to be quicker this year, so uh, I think it's going to be a lot better event. We've got NXS, so... Uh there's going to be a lot going on and, and uh, for sure, hopefully we produce the good racing, which we always do, and um, hopefully I'm on top again, which will make it uh, a little bit better for me. And finally, Tony Cochran talked about how the teams are getting so much for the value of their licence, and all teams are getting the same. Well, I'm a very socialist sort of guy. It's almost a communistic model. We make sure everybody's farm is exactly the same size, they get the same number of seeds each year to plant, We make sure they get the same rainfall. They have one cow and uh, uh, two donkeys each. And that's the news on the V8 Insiders. After the break, Andrew Clark and Tony Shebecki join me. Controversy Corner is next when we return with more on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. you watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing. V8 Supercars, showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers. V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now.
The views expressed on V8 Insiders, including the panellists and guests, do not reflect those of the network, Thunder Media, sportradio.com.au or V8X Magazine. Any publication or rebroadcast of the show without the expressed written permission of Thunder Media is strictly prohibited. Hi, I'm Jason Richards. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Joining us this week, it's the Melbourne Connection with SEN's Tony Shebeki. Good evening, Tony. Good evening to you, Craig. And also joining us on the line is our good friend from P101 Publishing, Andrew Clark. G'day, guys. How are you? Look, I'm going great. With the Grand Prix upon us, it is always an interesting time in V8 supercar racing because, uh, well, we see from time to time people go out and uh, test equipment at uh, the Grand Prix round, but we also see them go out there and just motor around the back and uh, this year if you're sandbagging it's going to cost you 20 grand andrew i know that uh, you have got some real issues with the sandbaggers yeah i'm not a big fan of the sandbaggers like i think um yeah we saw it at indy many many years ago as well i mean i think uh, was it uh, Brighty who had the uh, the mystery tonsillitis one year and a couple of other things that didn't turn up and yeah, we see it at the Grand Prix. I mean, Gary Rogers starting the cars from pit lane last year and so forth. Like, my view is if you're a team owner, you're willing to sit there and take the money that the Grand Prix's handing over to you. You're willing to keep your sponsors happy by turning up. So go out there and, uh, you know, have a good crack at it. Um, I've got no dramas with your testing parts um, because at least if you're testing, your drivers are going to be going as hard as they possibly can. That's the only way you can break bits is by going as hard as you can. So if you want to try a couple of experimental components, go for it. But, you know, these guys who want to tootle around at 90%, I mean, they deserve any fine that they cop. In fact, the teams that they're involved in should not get one single cent for turning up, would be my view. Tony, are you that strong? Yeah, look, probably not that strong, but I understand where Andrew's coming from. I definitely don't have a a problem with cars testing uh, equipment during this weekend. It's a non-championship round. The amount of test days obviously have been cut over the last couple of years, so this gives them a perfect opportunity to do that, as long as the fans get to see a fully-fledged V8 supercar race. They're probably not going to see a fully-fledged one because there's no points on offer, but they're going to see competition, they're going to see cars having a dip, and that's all the fans want to see. If they can provide that to the fans, and if it's maybe the, you know, 10K slower than what they would do it at a normal race, then I don't have an issue with that. Uh, one thing I do have an issue is is the fact that it's not a championship round. That needs to be fixed up in the very near future. And from all reports and and from what we're hearing, that may be fixed up in the next couple of years when the next TV rights uh, deal comes around. So we'll wait and see. They need to build the garages for the V8 supercars, and this needs to be a championship round. Once we get that, I guarantee the next 20 or 30,000 people come through the door. I don't reckon you'll find that there'll be one... uh, You know, like this weekend, I mean, James Courtney has already announced, you know, we've got... Having a crack at the new engine, we're going to other couple of bits we're going to have a crack at. Like here, we're going ten tenths for the entire races. So if you want to catch James Courtney this weekend, you're going to have to put your foot down and go. Otherwise, you're going to look like a pack of wombats. So, you know, I think that you know, once you put a driver in a car and say go for it, you know, it's pretty hard to hold them back. Um, it's the the activities of starting people from pit lane or you know all of those kind of things that I think are just totally wrong there. And so, you know, I think you're going to see a cracker of a weekend in a sense. I mean, I think. Um, having no championship points means drivers will take a couple of extra risks. I mean, yeah, it's a Formula One track. There's good runoff areas. So, you know, if you screw up under brakes, you're probably just going to run along up a, up a runoff area or something. So, you know, you, you, you're playing in one of the safest playgrounds they play on all year. So, mm. you know, I think people can have a crack and I think that they can take a risk because, you know, there is no championship points at stake. So, 
you know, I think uh, you know, I think it'll be good. I think uh, we're, we're in for a good weekend of V8 supercar racing. Are we ever going to see this race as a championship race? Uh, Craig Lowndes came out during the week, said no, no way known. Tony Cochran says it's impossible whilst the TV's on another channel. But let's face it, is the race even going to be at Album Park in the future? It's going to be there till 2015. We know that for a fact, so we've got another four years of it. And uh, I just don't think that they can afford to go for another four years not being a championship race. And Tony Cochran's right, while there is that... Uh, that distinct differential between television championships, uh, television stations, sorry, Channel 7 have the V8 supercars, Channel 10 have the Formula 1, and that gives them the rights to show V8 supercars this weekend. There is a problem, but as I said, TV deals up in two years' time, 1HD looking for a lot of content. They've shown their hand by the amount of motorsport that they do have on 1HD. I reckon we're in for a, bar, for a, a bit of a... a, a, a a bit of a, uh, a bargaining uh, happening here with the rights for the V8 supercars in two years' time, and don't be surprised if Channel 10 go all out, and then all of a sudden we can start talking points. Yeah, and it's, you're right, Tony. Like, it does have to be championship points. I don't think that these cars should be rolled out for a race meeting when there aren't championship points at stake. I mean, you know, it's a big game. It's, it's not like we're, you know, talking the, the VFL and, you know, playing a game in the AFL or something like that, which is the, you know, the equivalent of this thing. You know, if they roll out there, the green flag goes and the checkered flag waves, um, there should be points attached to it. And uh, whatever that is, you know, whatever has to happen to make that happen is, is what will save them from being there. Um, now, I, you know, I don't think personally, my view, and I, I, you know, people want to tell me I'm wrong, but I don't think the V8 supercars make one scrap of difference to the crowd that comes through the gate. Um, they make a difference to the corporate support for the event because, you know, when Castrol and a couple of other things don't have their V8 supercar out there, they're not as willing to spend their money on corporate suites. Um, so, you know, I don't think that uh, that the Grand Prix needs the V8s as much as the V8s think they do, um, but the V8 supercars, the sponsors want to be in front of the biggest crowd they get in front of all year, um, and that's why it's important to them. And as I say, it should be points. If it's not mm. point, then you need to start having a serious think about it. Mm. Well, uh, but 1HD, if, yeah, if they're not doing a big big bid for the uh, V8 supercars next time it's around, I'll be surprised. No, very much so. I wouldn't be surprised because 1HD has got a... It's an interesting situation, the TV situation, and it's interesting the way Channel 10's playing it out. But we have got our anti-siphoning laws, and by 1HD taking the primary HD channel... That actually means that they aren't... They can show just about anything and it won't be classed as siphoning, even though for the next two, three years, not all of Australia can get it. From what we're hearing, though, Craig, is that uh, anti-siphoning laws are about to change in the next couple of months. I think uh, there's a paper currently in front of the Telecommunications Minister and it's just waiting to be signed off. And uh, I think what we will find is that anti-siphoning laws won't come into effect providing that it actually goes onto a digital channel owned by a, a, a current free-to-air TV station. So I think we're going to see a lot of things like that because we, we've got this problem not just with uh, V8 supercars, but we've got this problem happening with cricket, we've got this problem happening with football, where uh, TV stations... Channel 7 would love to show, we believe, the footy live, and due to the fact that they have a, a contractual arrangement and a big money arrangement with Better Homes and Gardens here in Melbourne... We don't see the football until now later on a, on a Friday, but they have stated if they could show it on their 7 HD channel, it would be live on that channel. Money's going to talk in this, guys, and I think we'll see those anti-siphoning laws 
come into effect, a, a change come into effect in the very near future, and that won't be an issue. It, it's also uh, quite interesting because uh, Foxtel came back on board this year, and uh, Tony, who for what three years now has been saying, "I don't care about Foxtel," well, they've now got it on Foxtel, and I think the Foxtel package showing all the uh, racing and we don't get to see uh, oh, back from the ad we're actually seeing Noonan calling what goes on in the ad breaks It's made a big difference it has no doubt about that and Foxtel are a big player, they, they really are and there will be changes unfortunately with big events oh, just correct me guys and I'm not too sure of the answer to this one, Bathurst though doesn't come under the anti-siphoning laws does it? Yes it does, Bathurst does, comes okay, under well, the anti-siphoning laws Well will never be able to get V8 supercars in in that regard because uh, Bathurst will, if, if that's the case, Bathurst may remain in that regard and it will only be shown by a free-to-air TV station. So I thought the whole V8 supercar championship was covered under the anti-siphoning laws. I'm pretty sure that it is, but um, particularly Bathurst. point in the past, because so, that's, yeah, that's him saying this sport's very, really important, we're covered under anti-siphoning laws. But, yeah. uh, you know, you're right. Like, you, you, I mean, I... I Personally, I don't see Foxtel as being that relevant anymore. I mean, um, I don't have it at home. I don't see any need for it. And one of the reasons why I don't need it is because 1HD does such a good job on sport. And, of course, I'm in Melbourne, so I can listen to SEN and I get my total feel of sport. Um, So, you know, Foxtel, to me, is becoming an irrelevant player because the TV stations are now doing a good job on their digital and and their secondary broadcast. And you can just see some of the things that, you know, that they're going to do when they get really smart about the way they handle their digital TV. I mean, I still get annoyed when I turn on Channel 7 to watch the digital TV and they've got the, um, the, the race things happening halfway through the screen. Mm. You know, like, if it's digital, then shove it over the side. You know, like, they've got the technology to do it. And, then, you know, I think they'll start to explore what they can do with it. And I think that, you know, we as TV fans, uh, TV motorsport fans, um, will start to get some really great benefits out of it. And, like, Channel 10 did it when they first started. And when digital TV first started, you know, you were getting different TV streams and you had different options when they were running three and four different channels out of their digital, and you could do different things. You could jump into someone's car and watch the mm. race from Greg Murphy's car, for instance, you know, which they've kind of parked it a little bit, I think, because of the expense of handling it all. But, um, you know, if they're going to invest big in this thing, and, and let's face it, the next TV rights are going to be a big investment for whoever does it, you know, you're really going to want to find a way to get your return. Mm. All right, we need to take a break here on the V8 Insiders. Plenty more on Melbourne after this. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now, read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. To ask a question of the V8 Insiders, just email them at v8insiders at sportradio.com.au. Hi, I'm Craig Lance from Team Vodafone, and you're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders as Tony Shebecki and Andrew Clark joins us on the line. And guys are still in Melbourne. Wing Cup and Button swapped their cars on Tuesday. An interesting venture and certainly got plenty of media coverage. But uh, uh, is it really fueling the fires of Formula One races wanting to drive V8 supercars, Andrew? 
Oh, I think uh, yeah, any V8, oh, sorry, any Formula One driver worthy salt would want to run one of those things at Bathurst, I would have thought. I mean, you know, find me a race driver who doesn't want to run on that track and I'll find you a guy who's a, who's a pansy who floats at the back of the pack. You know, David Coulthard said, I want to do it. He's got two people talking to him. You know, I don't see why they wouldn't do it, uh, depending on their contracts with manufacturers. So, you know... Um, uh, I haven't seen anything or heard anything about Jensen Button stuff, and uh, but uh, I'm sure he was uh, mighty impressed with the challenge of driving these things, and they are not as easy as people think. Mm. Tony, as I you know... Tell, I, could, he, I can tell you, he definitely was impressed with uh, what he had underneath his, his legs at Albert Park on Tuesday. Not as impressed, though, as Jamie Winkup was doing his four laps uh, in the Formula One car. What an experience for Jamie, something that he's wanted to do for a long, long time, and he's finally got the opportunity... It was uh, weird for Jamie. They've, uh, you know, they've got it all computer controlled. Uh, back from the pits, they had it all weighing down to about 50% for Jamie for his first two laps. And then when they realised that this kid can drive, they've just cranked it up and opened it up 100%. Jamie had full throttle on that car for his final two laps. Apart from the home straight, where he was limited to 100 kilometres due to the fact that there's still containers taking out stuff for uh, for Grand Prix teams. But uh, for the rest of the track, he was going full bore did clock over the 300km mark a couple of times and was just amazed, as, as you can expect, with the, uh, the acceleration, the braking and just what these cars do to your body. No doubt, Jamie Winkup got more out of this than Jensen Button, but it has probably, as you said, Andrew, given Jensen a chance just to get a feel and think, yep, yeah, this is not too bad. I could see myself leaving Formula 1 in a couple of years' time and Australia mightn't be a bad place to live. Yeah, well, Jacques Villeneuve uh, certainly was trying to haggle up his price in the international marketplace by saying he wanted to come down here. Yeah, and like, there's a few other things. I mean, I remember talking to Ivan Muller a couple of years ago and he was saying you know, he'd love to come and live in Australia. Um, you know, and and um, one of the blokes last year was running for Team Vodafone and, uh, and then you got the Stig as well and they're all saying, like, what a great place to come and bring up your kids mm. while, you, while you can still continue to race and earn good money and let's face it, like top name race drivers are still earning very good money in this day and age. So they can come down here, they can give their kids a backyard where they can go out and kick a football or a soccer ball or whatever it is they feel like and, uh, and, and get a good life out of it all. So, you know, I think it's got to be an attractive proposition to, the, to a lot of these guys as they finish their top flight international careers. Um, and, uh, you know, the one thing that would have come out of, out of the Jensen Button and, um, and Jamie Wincup thing is that, like, you've got to be razor sharp to drive one of those Formula One cars. And once you get past that little bit of a peak, I think, you know, your, your downhill slide is way too fast. And I think, you know, by the end of this year, I think Michael Schumacher's going to look like a bit of a clown as the other guys, other teams get on strong prop, on team properly. But, you know, you've got, once you hit the peak, that's it, you know, and then you've got to start thinking, well, where am I going as, as, you know, as I lose the edge in Formula One? Now, a V8 supercar is not an easy car to drive. But it's also not like you know, razor sharp like a Formula One car. If it starts to fly out, the tail goes out. You've got a little bit of time to catch it. In a Formula One car, you've got nothing. So, you know, it's a great retirement option without actually um, removing yourself from the competitive part of the sport. So, uh, you know, I think we'll see somebody at some stage in the next two, three years, we'll get a big name running one of those cars. Mm. Just a final one on this, Craig, if I could. Jamie Winkup made a very pertinent point. He said he doesn't know what else he can do in motor racing now that he's driven a Formula One car. He said, it's all downhill from here for me. 
I hope he doesn't feel that way for the rest of 2010 as he steps back into the hold and, and thinks, oh, this is just is nothing compared to what I did at Albert Park. He needs to get his head level again and back on uh, proper footing and get himself uh, tuned in for a 2010 championship. Well, the last for supercar driver to drive a Formula One car. He uh, retired at the end of that year. Yes. Yeah, I don't think and we're going to so, so did the team that he drove for. I don't think we'll see that from Jamie Wincup. I mean, there's a bloke who is, um, you know, he is the most focused race driver in this country at the moment, and that's why he's winning so well, because there's not one person applying themselves entirely to winning V8 supercar races like he is. And, uh, you know, I think I don't think he's going to really struggle to get back into the, into the routine. Um, yeah, he might think, yeah, geez, that was nice, but, uh, you know, what's it like when you've got people around you? And I think, you know, as a racer's racer, when you can rub panels with people and you can biff and barge your way through these things, I think that's a little more interesting than what's going on in Formula One at the moment. Mm. All right. Now, is there something more than bra- bragging rights on offer this weekend, guys? No. Nothing more <laughs> than saying, geez, I won that thing. Yep, getting a nice trophy, taking that home. Keeping your car straight and getting it ready for Hamilton, I think that's all there is. Uh, yeah, uh, we, we spoke about it earlier. They're, they're going to go hard, there's no doubt about it, but they're going to be cautious as well. The last thing you want to do is, is get damaged when it doesn't really matter, hence the reason why this needs to be a championship. No, bragging rights is all that's up there, and uh, good luck to the person who gets it. Well, I was always taught to be cautious there, Tony. Will Hamilton be the next V8 supercar events event? The, uh, certainly the papers over in New Zealand have not been uh, making things sound so rosy there and uh, obviously New Zealand's been a great cash cow for the V8 supercars. Uh, could we see Shane Howard having a bit more on his plate with Martin Whitaker coming on board to relieve some of that meal? I think that um, it, it shouldn't be too far away before V8 supercar events runs the whole thing. Um, you know, the level of professionalism that outfit shows. I mean, you know, you can be as annoyed and pissed off with some of the things V8 Supercars does, but when they set their mind to something like that, they do a really good job. And, you know, <clears throat> I reckon they should be doing all 14, 15 rounds or 16 or however many rounds it becomes um, just to give that consistency across the board. So um, my word is that, you know, there is quite a bit of dramas over there in Hamilton. I mean, setting up a temporary racetrack costs a lot more than going to Pukekohe. The crowds aren't significantly different. I mean, they charge a little bit more, I think, for entry. Um, sponsorship's up a little bit as well. So, you know, there's a little bit to balance it out. But, you know, street circuits cost money to run. I mean, just go and ask the Grand Prix organisers over down here in Melbourne. <clears throat> um, that, if V8 supercar events, I would think, if the reports are right and the trouble is the way it's being described, they will take that over. Yeah. That was as eloquently said as reading Shakespeare's Macbeth. I can't add anything to that. All right, then. Now, the interesting thing uh, that uh, you brought up there is that V8 Supercar events should run every event. I reckon the guys at Clipsal, the South Australian Motorsport Board and the SA Government would uh, like to keep their piece of that pie, Andrew. I'm sure they would, but so what? (laughs) Okay, Tony, your thoughts on that? It happens in every other sport we have in Australia. You don't have uh, outside promoters doing AFL events or NRL events or whatever it might be. The the time will come where it all comes under the one banner. It's the brand. It's all about the brand. That's the big buzzword over the last few years. And no one promotes the brand better than the people who run the brand. And I think uh, Andrew's spot on. It'll happen eventually. Well, it's going to be uh, happening after the Car of the Future is launched. Now, guys... I want you to give me some specs on what you think the car of the future holds. Tony Shebeki first. Jeez. Mm, I'll go. I'll go. I'll give you one spec. Yep. Independent rear suspension. 
Yeah, I think that's probably uh, definitely... It, it seems to be changing every week, and once again, it would be lovely. This is one of my big buzzbears, the car of the future. Nobody knows what the actual original specs are, but we, keep to be, we seem to be hearing so many different things, even to the extent that we're just going to have a standard car that you can just slot a different engine into and bring in other manufacturers. I mean, there needs to be some sort of definition of what the car of the future is right now uh, so we can get a handle on it and then work our way through that. But uh, I don't know. I honestly don't know. I don't know what's wrong with the specs of the cars now. I, I mean, you would, why wouldn't you build something based around that? They seem to be exciting. People seem to love them. They seem to be keeping the people the thrill that they want when they go to a racetrack. It wouldn't change too much from what they've got. Well, oh, and I think there's some pretty significant changes you can make that will enhance the racing. I mean, I, I reckon the biggest problem with a V8 supercar is that there's a lack of mechanical grip. Um, so I think that there's too much of a reliance on aerodynamics to uh, to do things, and that means you don't get quite get the same level of overtaking as you might get. Um, so I'd be saying, yeah, give them more, give them more grip somehow. And I think you know we're definitely like 100% going to go to a bigger wheel size. 18-inch tyres has to happen. Yep, and that that will yep. happen, and that will open up our our range of options on tyre supplies and and tyre ranges and things. And you know I think Dunlop does a great job with what they're allowed to do. Um, so anybody who wants to ever bag the Dunlop tyre um, should be bagging the people who make the specifications they build to, not Dunlop. Um, so, you know, but by going to the bigger wheel, you know, we'll get bigger tyre options. Um, I would suggest that independent rear is, a, is, is mandatory um, because you need to be able to control the, you know, the wheels better. You need to be able to control that suspension. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see limited slip diffs coming in so that they get a bit more drive out of the corners and can start to place the cars a little bit more in and out and around the corners. You know, I think there's a lot of things you can do to alter the mechanical grip. And once you alter the mechanical grip, once you deal with the tyre scenario, um, and I would suggest give them slightly less braking as well, um, I think you'll find the racing can, can spice itself up a bit more. Mm. Well, we find it all out on Monday at the Crown Casino following the Grand Prix when the uh, the launch and the new manufacturer. So does anyone want to go out on a limb and uh, suggest who that new manufacturer is? Andrew Klein? Kia. <laughs> I don't Kia. Think, yeah, it's not going to be anything <laughs> that you've heard, I don't think. I, I don't, I, I'd seriously doubt that Mercedes-Benz is going to get involved, but uh, I could be wrong. I mean, I, honestly, I haven't paid much attention to it because I reckon that uh, what's actually sitting there and waiting is for Andrew Clark to go out there and build that Rolls-Royce that Tony Cochran was talking about. I don't need Rolls-Royce to do it. <laughs> All I need is the specifications of their panels and their copyright clearance, um, and then I can go. You know, And I think that's the beauty of what they're doing is that you know, you can go out there and I could find, you know, five Nissan dealers who say, geez, we'll give you some money, Andrew, go and build, him. Go and build me a Nissan V8 supercar and I can do it without Nissan. Well, guess what? You um, can do it because it's only going to cost $250,000 and that's a huge yeah. difference to the car now. Oh, yeah, but you're still going to have to go through the homologation, the aerodynamics, um, and that ain't going to be cheap um, because, you know, you've got to make sure that everything's in balance. You know, they're not going to want a, you know, a Nissan or a Rolls-Royce to come in and just thump forward because they got the equivalency formula wrong um, so like you can deal with the mechanical stuff the mechanics is easy you know there's your engine there's your rev limit for the number of camshafts you've got and you know, if you've got push rods you can have this much revs blah 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 like we can do all of that you know that we've been doing that since you know hmm. since motor racing was invented you know turbo formulas and all of those kind of things um, what you can't make an equivalency for is aerodynamics you know because different shapes you know the, the height of the boot lid compared to the angle of the rear window you know can make a massive difference um, so, you know, that's going to have to be managed fairly well to make sure that it works all right. Mm. Um, Guys, I, I tell you, manufacturers, no idea. The, the car manufacturer that I think it's going to be is a car that needs an image sex up. They need to use V8 
supercars to improve their image here in Australia. So I think you're totally right, Andrew. It's not going to be one of those big-name manufacturers that we've already heard because they're already up there and they probably don't need it. What do they get out of it, seriously? You know, what would Mercedes-Benz no, get exactly. out of a yeah. supercar? Look, and that's they're not competing with Ford or Holden. They don't, you know, the, despite what anything says, the demographics are all wrong. You know, how many Mercedes-Benz do you see parked in the car park in a V8 supercar race um, compared to how many Hyundais and things do you see? You know, and think, this is why I say a company like Kia. Well, someone, Kia, Kia someone out of out of the blue. It'll be someone from right left field. Yeah. Well, Kia would be an interesting one, but Kia's Ford, isn't it? Not like, anymore. Not anymore. Oh, okay. No. Oh, I'll pull my head in. We're taking a break, and gas and goes on the other side. Find out more about your favourite supercar teams and drivers when we go inside further on the V8 Insiders. You've taken the V8 to the races. You watch the action on TV. Now read about them in V8X Magazine. V8X Magazine, dedicated to just one thing, V8 Supercars. Showcasing some of today's best writers and award-winning photographers, V8X brings you all the news and in-depth interviews demanded by today's V8 Supercar fans in one action-packed magazine. V8X, the number one magazine in V8 Supercar coverage. Out now. Hi, I'm Shane Van Gisbergen. You're listening to V8 Insiders. Welcome back to the V8 Insiders. Tony Shebecki, Andrew Clark. Gas and Go is the white flag lap this week. And guys, Gas and Go, you have 31 seconds in between each of the segments. That means you both have to get your questions answered in that time. When you hear the rattle gun, it's all over, folks. Gas and Go brought to you by V8X magazine starting with we have a problem with the right rear can we go on a little bit longer no there's no problem with the right rear (laughs) the rattle guns work on this show guys all right right, time starting from now tony d'alberto and paul dumbrell are they top 10 contenders do you think for the rest of the season tony yeah look i was very impressed with uh with tony's effort over in adelaide spoke to him uh, last weekend he said he doesn't know what they did to that car to make it so good after the desert which it was an absolute dog, apparently. So unless they get their head around that, they're not going to be up there around the top ten. But if they can and find out what they did do, then they could be a big chance. Andrew? Um, Dumbrell, yes. Dumbrell, no. Um, I think I mentioned at the uh, pre-season. Dumbrell's the bloke to change Frosty's championship. How much speed will Andrew Thompson lose following that turn eight crash at Clipsall? Andrew? None. Tony? No, I agree with Andrew. These guys are so good at uh, doing what they do, none. And it wasn't a big one anyway. No. Not a Paul Radisich crack your rib type scenario, it was only a touch. Get your rattle gun out, we're finished. <laughs> Can we store that time up for the next one? <laughs> <laughs> no, you're, ex- you're exactly right though, Andrew. I mean, these guys just know how to... Oh, there you go. <laughs> Queensland Raceway is going fully soft. Will that help the racing there? Nothing will help the racing Nothing will help Queensland Raceway. Like please, but... I agree with you totally, Andrew. Queensland is a dead duck. Why they decided to bring it back after dumping it has got me absolutely bamboozled. They made the right decision. They should have stuck with it. Yep, they had the chance to kill it, and they should have. It's a, you know, like they talk about the facilities in Perth at Winton and things. Queensland Raceway is the worst facility track in Australia mm. now. Full stop. Steve Owen smashes the Fujitsu grid. Is that enough for him to get a uh, ride in at least that series for the rest of the season? I don't know. Luke's probably got him lined up. Steve Owen is the most unluckiest V8 driver in the world, or in Australia at least anyway. This guy's got so much potential. He's shown it so often. Someone, please pick him up. 
pick him up, please. You'd be doing yourself an injustice if you don't. Yeah, I think he's better than half the guys in the main game. So, you know, yeah. I'd, I'd say, yeah, give him a drive. He's working his personality and outward looking. Greg Murphy is in 29th position. No points from Clipsal. How far can he get in this year's championship? What would you say is a decent result, Tony? Uh, a decent result for Murph. I think at the moment it's looking like a top 20. They'll fix up their issues there, there's no doubt. Murph's a great driver, we know that. He just needs uh, to get some consistency and some stability in that car. Once they do, they'll be playing around the top 15 most weeks. He could even get into the top 10 most weeks. Uh, expect some changes from uh, that outfit over the next couple of weeks. Andrew? I think Murph's already thinking about winning back there, doesn't he? That's Gas and Go for another week here on the V8 Insiders. To Tony Shavecki and Andrew Clark, I hope you enjoy the Grand Prix weekend. I know that uh, you'll be giving plenty of updates on SEN in between that pesky football that kicks off this weekend. It's going to be a big weekend here in Melbourne, no doubt about it. But yeah, as you said, we'll be ringing everyone up today with what happens down at Albert Park. It is going to be a ripper of a Formula race, Formula One race. Go, Mark Webber. If you've got a chance to win some, this is it. Andrew Clark. Yeah, I'm with that one. Go, Webber, and go, Hawks. All right, as the check and flag waves over another edition of the V8 Insiders, keep smiling and bye for now. Join us next week for more V8 Insiders, only on v8x.com.au.